Hey, this is Jimmy Jago. Hey, this is Eli Babal. Hey, this is Craig Goodwin. Hey, this is Tariq Yorich. And this is the Redcast on 104.7 Classic Triple M. Hello, Chris Dittmar from Triple M here with this week's Redcast. Uh, my mate Rue's not with me at the moment, but uh, we'll try and drag him along for the football one week soon. Uh, what a weekend we've got coming up as we take on the Newcastle Jets. Good luck to the Reds and everyone at uh, Adelaide United. Gee, we need a win. Now, coming up on the Redcast today, Jars and Louis from the Rush Hour caught up with Tarek Elrich. And, uh, in fact, Tarek rips right into Jars. It's worth listening to. Bruce Jidde joins us as well live in the studio to talk about the players and how they're coping uh, with this winless start to the season. But as we all keep saying, there's been some very, very good football. There really has. So let's hope they can turn it uh, turn it around with the win over the Newcastle Jets this weekend. Up next, though, I talk to former Adelaide United defender. He's now with Fox Sports, Mark Rudin. Terrific run and a super finish. Hey, this is Tariq Yorich. Hey, this is Jimmy Jago. Hey, this is Craig Goodwin. Hey, this is Elliot Babal. Classic Triple M rocks the Reds. Chris Dittmar here from Triple M with our Reds Redcast and uh, another massive week. Let's get to uh, Fox Sports and one of their great analysts is Mark Rudin, a former Adelaide champion himself. Mark, welcome. Thanks for having me. Uh, now, which years were you here in Adelaide? I just refresh my memory. Yeah, seems like a long time ago. I think I was there for the 09-10 season. Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. And I'll tell yeah. you, you, you played some amazing football back then. That two-year period you had here was very, very good. And I'll tell you what they could do with you right now. They've let 14 goals in at the back. Yeah, it's a concern. Uh, definitely a concern. Um, I think it's some sort of record as well. They've considered three or more goals in, in consecutive games. No one else has done that in, in A-League history. So, mm. Yeah, they're creating history for the wrong reason, I guess. Yeah, and it's I think it's unadelaide like as well. They've been so solid, you know. And I look at uh, Asama Malik has been the mainstay of their defence. But let's go back to your time. Um, I'm thinking of Ange Costanzo as well. They've always had real, real good defenders. We go back all the way. Uh, Adelaide fans were used to seeing Milan Ivanovic back in the Adelaide City days. We've always been <laughs> yeah, known yeah, yeah. for good defenders yeah. in this town, but it's just not yeah. happening at the moment. No, it's not happening. But you know, don't forget, you know, you. Uh, the captain's out, Eugene Galekovic, when he's, he's returning this week. And, uh, you know, Young Hall's done a, a pretty steady job. But, uh, you know, you can't replace Galekovic. He, he's almost irreplaceable, not just at Adelaide, but in the league as well. He he gives the players in front of him a lot more confidence as well. The likes of Malik and, and Moroni and these guys who are, who are playing um, in those positions, it does make a big difference when you've got someone like Eugene behind you. Um, you don't date yourself as much in those 50-50 type of situations as well. So I've got no doubt of that all plays a part in, in why they're considering so many goals too. Yeah, when we look at uh, the most goals conceded in the comp at the moment, and it is a lot, but do we do we also do we have to look at the midfield as well? I mean, are they getting the job done defensively? Obviously, you know, once the ball's turned over, are they doing enough? Mm. No, I don't think they are. I, I think um, you know, it's a good point as well. You know, you, you can talk about a goalkeeper in a back four, but a lot of the times, the, the best defensive teams in the competitions are the ones that start from the front or defend from the front. And I guess that's where it's gone wrong. I mean, there's, a, there's, a, there's so many differences between last year and this year, but one thing that I have noticed is their, their cohesion, I guess their discipline, where they don't have possession of the ball, and it starts from the front, you know? And, and so they've got to really go back to basics and work a lot more on their defensive structure because, you know, we all know that defence wins your championships, goals win your games, but, you know, if they continue on like this, they're going to become the easy beats of the competition, yeah. and Adelaide have never been that, that way. Nah, for sure. Um, let's look at the round this week. Um, uh, we'll start with Adelaide. Newcastle um, sitting mid-table, but again, this will be a real test for United, won't it? Yeah, it certainly will, but they're back at home on a Sunday as well, and, and uh, memory Adelaide likes, likes those those days uh, to be playing in, in front of their home fans. Um, you know, I'm tipping Adelaide to turn it around and, okay. and win the game. 
So there you go, Gleikovic is back, and I, like I said, I think he's a massive bonus. But I think uh, Newcastle, you know, probably had their worst game of the season last week. Um, they need to turn that around pretty quickly as well. But I think uh, I think they'll be hot to trot Adelaide. I think um, I think they'll do the job this week. Yeah. All right. Now uh, Brisbane Raw, the top uh, side at the moment, they're at home to Melbourne City, um, yep. who are sitting seventh on the ladder. Brisbane Raw, do they do they deserve to be top of the ladder at the moment? Are they the best side you've seen so far in the season? They deserve to be sitting in the top. I don't think they're the best team. Uh, I think Melbourne Victory, uh, for mine anyway, are probably the best team in the competition in terms of where they play and uh, and everything else like that. But, uh, you know, they've got a game in hand as well, the Victory, don't forget, because of the FA Cup final that they play in. So it's not going to be an easy game you know, for the Raw. You know, they've got now three clean sheets in a row, the complete opposite to, to Adelaide, let's say. But, yeah, Melbourne City are going to pose a different threat altogether. You just don't know which Melbourne City is going to turn up. That's the problem. They're, they're, they're heckle and jive. Uh, Jekyll and Hyde side, should I say, of, mm. of the competition. Aaron Moore is back from Socceroo duty. Big bonus for them. You know, when he plays and when he plays well, more often than not, they win the game. So it's all going to depend on how Aaron Moore pulls up after, you know, his Socceroo duties and, and if Brisbane can continue on. The only thing with Melbourne City, uh, it, it's sort of reading during the week, if you see the articles coming out of the Melbourne press, it's not it's not very cohesive there. I mean, it's all rumour-based, but it doesn't sound good, does it? No, it doesn't. And, um, you know, I, I questioned it in the whole lot show on Monday as well. Um, you know, a team, a team that's been bought out by massive uh, financial backers. I mean, money's not an issue for them. They're, they're, you know, they've got their own um, <clears throat> training facilities now. A lot of money's gone into that. You look at the light, the players they've brought into the club as well. Uh, Fornaroli, the league's top goal scorer. Aaron Moy, one of the league's best players. I mean, that, that should be enough, those two players, to you know to be pushing for, for first spot. But I don't know. I'm not too sure what's going on um, underneath. Ben Skip last week admitted that uh, he takes full responsibility. I've not heard that from him from a long time. Nor do I. Re- you know, do you really hear that sort of uh, comment being made by coaches per no. day? But. It's a, it's an interesting one. I mean, there's a lot of pressure at that club now with the new owners as well, and Vanski will be feeling it, that's for sure. Yeah, all right. I want to finish off, if I can. I don't know if you got to see the documentary a couple of nights ago about the the World Cup bid sure with did. Frank Lowy. Yeah, yeah basically, yeah. Sepp Blatter at the moment is appealing against a 90-day ban that's been imposed by FIFA. We've had people banned all over the world. Um, <laughs> Australia, I want to ask you a question. As a former player and a former star of the game here, should should Australia have actually gone down the path of bidding for a World Cup, and would you like to see Australia bid for it again, or is it is it a futile exercise? Is it a waste of time? Yes and yes. Yeah, I <laughs> think uh, you know, <laughs> to, to to put it simply, I think that to have the World Cup on our shores uh, for the first time ever would be a real game changer for the code. I, I can completely concur with uh, those that that started the process. You know, I don't want to talk about the bid process because. You know, all I know is what I read and hear in the papers and, and everyone's got agendas anyway. But absolutely, we should have gone for it. You know, Frank Chloe's a bold guy anyway in terms of, um, you know, looking to the to the distance and, and to the future and, and trying to really uh, create a pathway for this, this code in, in the country. Um, so, yes, I think it was the right thing to do. And absolutely, we should try and go for it again. Um, there are not too many World Cups that are held in the Southern Hemisphere. We do know that Japan and Korea have held it. South uh, South Africa held, held it as well, um, and some of the South American countries. But to bring it 
you know, to our shores, like I said, mate, I think it would be a real game changer and something that this country needs. I think yeah, we'd all agree with that. We'd love to see it here. But I guess you know, what my question is about is the fact that we spent $43 million. We just didn't play the game well enough. And for us to, to actually be successful with this moving forward, the questions that would come up, do we need to spend a lot more money? Do we need to get better at, yeah. at crossing palms with, you know, presents and gifts and all sorts of things? And, and I, I guess they're the questions that will be raised, aren't they? Yeah, look, obviously, I mean, you need, you need to spend in order to get, uh, you know, a, a prestigious tournament like that to our shores, that, that's for sure. But when you talk about losing money, yeah, yeah, I get that. Maybe we were a little bit naive, but, you know, you look you, you look on TV and, and the government, you know, lost a, a billion dollars through through some, um, you know, some, some, I don't know what exactly happened, but uh, something to do with the IT and schooling situation. And they've, they've, they've sort of covered it up, so... Mm-hmm. You know, really, it's small fish, it's small frog yeah. in the whole scheme of things. When you look at the government and how much money is, is distributed for, for what, and, and no one really knows where it goes to. So, you know, we did this for the benefit of the country. It, you know, Frank Lowe has come out and openly stated that he's an open book and he's happy to you know, tell everybody that money went. So, yeah. you know, yeah. he hasn't hit from that as well. So I think, uh, you know, a lot of people out there do make, you know, something massive out of it that's pretty, pretty small in, in the whole scheme of things. Um, so... You know, I don't know. Like I said, I think we're much more smart now for, for um, having that, um, you know, get behind, you know, that, that sort of put behind us now, but with experience for what it takes. And we, we know how corrupt FIFA is anyway, uh, and, and Seth Blatter and the rest of them. So hopefully due diligence will be done properly. You know, new people are at head office, and, and, and who, who knows, you know, in, in 10 to 20 years' time, we potentially could have a World Cup here on our show. Well, that would be fantastic. Yeah, it would. Wouldn't that be nice to see? Mark mm. Rudin, thanks for talking to us. Uh, that, I'd love to do it again. And enjoy your weekend on Fox Sports. Thanks so much. You too. Thank you. Go Pleasure. On. If you haven't tried Ruin Dits for breakfast, hi, Ray Martin here. You're missing the big guests. You worked under the, the late, great Kerry Packer. What sort of relationship did you have with him? Yeah, had a good one. Got event to uh, tell a story about Big Jagger had uh, huge... Long feet and uh, long shoes, rather. And uh, and, Mick, and uh, Mick said, yeah, you know, long shoes means uh, uh, big willy. And she was telling Kerry the story. Kerry pulled his foot out from under the table and said, look at this, size 18. <laughs> size 18. Kerry <laughs> so, 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 wasn't modest about anything. <laughs> Ruined dits for breakfast. For Southern Volkswagen, treat yourself. Main South Road, Renella. 104.7, Classic Triple M. 104.7, Classic Triple M. It is our red cast and joining us in the studio, Red striker Bruce Jitte. Hello, mate. Hey, man. How you going? Mate, I'm good and glad to have you in here, but we need to start off. What's going on? We haven't won a game. Bottom of the ladder. How are the boys? Where are we at? Take us through it. Yeah, obviously, boys are, are suffering like all our passionate supporters are, um, but, you know, it's obviously a very disappointing start to the season. It's uh, unfortunately, again, well, there's two sides to it, you know. Unfortunately, that we've been there before, and it's also fortunate that we've been there before and, and we understand the difficulty and what needs to be done in order to, to, to get out of the rut. So, yeah, like you said, a, sl- a slow start to the season. But, um, look, uh, it's still very early on. We've still got time to turn the tide. It's going to be hard. Everyone's got to knuckle down, knuckle in. And uh, that's what we plan on doing because, uh, you know, the the ladder at the moment is not a fair, fair reflection of, of the quality of our squad. And, you know, that is, that is a really good point because you, you break down the numbers. Your passing rate is still brilliant. You, you, all the build-up play is there. You've kind of fixed what was going on in the front third with not being able to score goals. Would you say now it's a little bit in the back third? 15 goals, I think it's conceded so far. 
two four two kind of games in a row. You know, I think when when things aren't going well, ev- everyone's gonna uh, focus on something. You know, whether you know they try to make a scapegoat of the coach or or, or certain players or you know the attack of, of a few weeks ago or now the defense more recently. Uh, you know, there's there's always areas to improve. I think uh, what you can see at the moment now is there's a, it's a bit disjointed in the sense that, you know, uh, before the defenders were doing quite well and then and, and the attackers weren't, weren't pulling their weight, if you if you like, and now, you know, you could argue that, that the, you know, we, we've scored two goals last game, we scored two goals the, the game before that. Normally, two goals... Hopefully, should be enough to at least get a draw. Yeah. But 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 we've conceding a lot, so they look at the defenders. But it's not that simple. You you look at why weren't the attackers scoring? Okay, maybe the build-up play wasn't as good. Yeah, we had the passes, but maybe the ball speed was too slow. Maybe that allowed the other teams to be set up and to be able to communicate how to best defend us. Um, Now it's it's a case of you know maybe the pressure up front is not good enough. Yep. That's allowing gaps in the midfield. And with those gaps in the midfield means that the defenders are under more pressure and the goalkeeper's under more pressure because, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're allowing channels for the opposition to, to, to run into and to get play balls into and that's causing us damage at the back. So defending starts on the front yep. and the attack starts from the back. It's very much a team effort and it just shows, this season just shows that if... if if one chink in the arm or something's not working as well as it should be, then, you know, it's, it's, it's like a house of cards, mate. It all yeah. falls down. Yeah, so exactly. we're working on all those things. Uh, you know, the defenders are working on their defending. The attackers are working on their defending and attacking. And, uh, and when that all comes together, then, then you know, we're, we'll be quite a force. I mean, a couple of years ago, we were in the same situation. Correct. Uh, very similar scenarios. We were playing well. The statistics were good. da 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 da, da. And, and it wasn't showing on the on the on the on the ladder. So we've been there before. We know it needs to be done. It's just a matter of going out and actually doing it now. So talk me through the mindset and the morale of the boys. So everyone, the pressure's on when the spotlight comes on you like this. As you said, you guys know what's wrong, and and what you need to do to fix it. But that still takes a toll, right? Oh, certainly. I think uh, you know we're lucky here that that the group's so tight knit. Very lucky because I've been in situations at this club in particular where, where things haven't been going well and the, and, and the change room is also not going well. You know, uh, funny, I was speaking to Malik just, just two or three days ago and he's like, mate, for as bad as we're doing, the boys are sticking real tight, man. Like, this is the best group that, that I've ever played yeah, with, wow. you know, Malik was saying. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly right because back in the day, everything would have been crumbling, you know, whereas now over the last two, three years, We've built that real camaraderie, that real togetherness, brotherhood, if you like, and and everyone's in on it together. Obviously, morale's down because confidence has been hit, but, um, you know, only one thing to fix that. Yeah. It's winning games. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, we're all in on in, in together on it and, and, you know, as are the fans because they're suffering when we suffer and, and they will enjoy when, when it's time to enjoy again. So, you know, we just all knuckle down and... and you know, siege mentality now. It's, a, it's us against the, against the rest of the A-League. So that's, that's how we've got to look at it. And talk to me about, about the manager. You know, everyone's spoken about the difference in the two guys. You know, one's a Barcelona legend, your new manager. You know, people forget that this guy was at the pinnacle of football. He's a different cat, but how is he approaching you guys, you know? And Barca had some tough times even when he played. So he knows 
what it's like to be in the spotlight and to you know not be performing as best you can. So how is he approaching the players? Yeah, and you know what? One of the best things about him is his calmness and his reservedness, especially at times like this. Yep. I mean, if he won the title, <laughs> I'd like him to go running around like a maniac. Yeah, like, yeah. Like I'm sure he would, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, at times like this, uh, emotional, irrational, off-the-cuff sort of commentary, gestures or, or anything like that can only disrupt the, 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 the group. And Guillermo Amor is the complete opposite of that. Very cool, very calm. You know, he knows how important it is. And at the same time, he knows how to take pressure off the players and put it on himself. That's and, good. And, and that's what he's doing. Yeah. And I know that, you know, we lost 4-2, we lost 4-2. Stay calm. And, you know, he does a press conference yeah. and, and, and the fans are hearing him, you know, stay calm, it's football, we're going to improve, we've got to keep working hard. And from, I can imagine some fans are saying, stay calm, improve. No, Giuseppe wouldn't have said that. Or, you know... Uh, we need to do this or, you know, everyone's yeah. a coach when things aren't going well, right? Yeah, so I can understand that sentiment, especially you might be raging at home and a post-match press conference, you're like, why is this guy so calm? Does he yeah. not even care? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that, that's the wrong approach because the more he cares, the calmer he gets, especially in situations like this, that, 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 that's like a gold nugget. Yep. You know, that's, that's one of the greatest attributes you can have as a manager, and, and he's doing that. And, you know, a good message to Reds fans would especially be that if you look at the, the ladder as it sits now, only six games in, there's been a lot of draws. There's not, you know, apart from Brisbane and Sydney and even Melbourne victory to, a, to an extent, only a few wins, and suddenly you boys are right back up there in contention, and it's a long season. A few more games go your way. This is a blip in a very long season. Exactly, and that's what it ended up being in the first uh, season when Giuseppe was here. Mm. And, and, you know, that the, the plan is obviously to have started the season well, but now that we haven't, let's let's make this a blip in the radar. In round 27, everyone look back and say, man, remember after round six or seven or five that Adelaide, we thought they were like dead in the water. Yeah. Look, at they, they were always good. That was just a blip in the radar. You know, that's the sort of... Uh, why you want to be looking back at the season. Well said. Well, let's turn our attention to Sunday, 4.30 kickoff, down at Coopers against the Newcastle Jets. Eugene, the captain, is he going to be back, do you reckon? I think so. I mean, he trained with us yesterday fully. Yep. Uh, he was in goals, uh, diving around, making those unbelievable saves that, that <laughs> sort of become common, but you forget that any other goalkeeper would have, would have, wouldn't have been able to save those shots. So he was there doing that like the same as before he got injured. Yep. So at this moment in time, personally, I expect him to play. I think it's a week earlier than what they had anticipated. Okay. But because it's been going so well, yep. I'd expect him so to there play. there could still be a little bit of grayness there. He could may, be a little bit of gray. Yeah. I think by Friday or Saturday, we'll know for sure by yeah, Saturday. Yeah. But I think on Friday we'll, we'll know. But for me today, uh, he'll be playing. Do you reckon he's one of the missing links? And, you know, we're not going to say he's going to come in and suddenly you're not going to concede 15 more goals. And Hall's done a brilliant job, you know, for a, for a young keeper. But Huge is big on the communication at the back, telling the guys where to be, who's around you, just that extra peripheral vision that, you know, defenders need and love from their goalkeeper. Do you think that's a nice little bit to come back in to give you a bit more stability? Well, for me, not for me, I think for the whole club, fans, players, coaches, everyone... Uh, Eugene's the, the, the captain. He's the mm. talisman of the squad. So a return of a talisman of any sort in any sporting arena is going to make a very, very big difference. Uh, 
I'm not saying Eugene's going to come in and we're going to be undefeated for the rest of the season. Exactly. No, that's not the case. But um, he will make a big difference for us. And all the boys are eagerly anticipating for him to come back. Uh, he's also doing his best to come back as soon as possible. Like I said, he's a week ahead of schedule at the moment. And, you know, we're just looking forward to, to you know, getting that leadership. I mean, look, there's leadership all around the field. But the guy's the captain. Yeah. He's been captain for four or five years. To say that without Eugene, we've still got the same amount of leadership and all that, you're saying more about Eugene than you are about the team. You know, yeah, you're saying true. then, so what? When Eugene's there, he's not really making a difference. He's not really being a captain like he should be. No. Yeah. So with Eugene back, it's going to make a big difference. That's, that's, that's the fact of the matter. Uh, Hawley did a fantastic job, but Hawley's not the captain and Hawley's not the talisman. Yep. It's just that simple. So... No, Eugene won't stop us from losing or allow us to ultimately win a game, but he's a big piece in, in our chain. David Carney, having a pretty good season so far. You know him quite well from Socceroos and, and different things. Leading the league in assists, which is good. Scored a belter of a goal against the victory not too long ago. He's quite an integral part. So is there going to be any attention paid to him or are we just going to you know, play our game and, and go about our business? No, we'll play our game, go about our business. At this club... In the past, you know, we've put a lot of attention, different coaches, different ideas, but, you know, coaches in the past put a lot of attention on different teams and alter how we play because they have this and that. I think now we're at a level where we just need to concentrate on ourselves and we know that if we do our job perfectly well, then it doesn't matter Carney because Carney won't have the ball. If we do our job perfectly well, then it doesn't matter Carney because Carney won't have a free kick on the edge of the box where it could be dangerous because his free kicks are amazing. Yeah, So I think that's got to be our key. I don't think we worry about Carney or Bogart or Trifunovic or some of the other good players that they have. Yep. And we just concentrate on ourselves. Well, let's draw our attention to the rest of the uh, round. Some Actually, some pretty good games here. Kicking off Melbourne victory, Central Coast Mariners. How do you see this one? Victory in pretty good form at the moment. Central Coast not looking too bad. <laughs> Look for me from a from a from a player's perspective. I think even from a business perspective, uh, victory is the powerhouse of the league. Yeah. It's clear. The amount of members they have, the way they run their operation, the way they recruit their players, the amount of players that they recruit, the quality of their squad. It's a powerhouse club. That's probably why everyone else hates them. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but uh, credit given where credit's due. Um, a victory side in the form that they're in now. Playing at home against the Mariners, it would be the upset of the season mm. to, to not see victory get a win. John Aloisi, he's gone over to Brisbane Raw and I think done a brilliant job turning those guys around. They, the, the players were there, the cattle were there, everything was right to be done. He just had to turn it around and up against his old club. This is actually going to be quite interesting. will be very interesting. Obviously, uh, you know, with John Van Chip at, at City, obviously uh, John Aloisi knows him quite well. Mm. Uh, you know, they, they intimately know uh, each other's squads. Melbourne City are in a tough patch. You know, a lot of pressure on Melbourne City. Yeah, because they've spent so many resources. Exactly. So with that comes pressure. It's just normal. New owners do as well. New owners, City brand. It's exactly not a right. Melbourne City thing. It's a, con- not a, con- it's a, it's a, you know, worldwide global brand now. So, you know, they've got to represent that and, and represent that in a good way. They've created a no-excuses environment there. So anything mm. but the best is is not going to cut it. And add to that that Melbourne Victory are doing so well and they're in the same town, even more pressure, coming against a Brisbane Roar who sits top of the table with some very, very good attacking power. At Suncorp as well. It's going to be a very tough game. Wellington Phoenix, Western Sydney Wanderers. 
I kind of like this game. I think the Phoenix of Ernie Merrick's done a really good job over there as well. It is a bit sad with all the you know controversy as to whether they're going to be around or not, but Popper's got his hands full with Wellington coming to Pertec. Yeah, certainly. Wellington Phoenix, very good side. Lucky for Western Sydney that they're playing at home because Wellington don't struggle as much as they used to playing away. Yeah, they've but really they, turned they, that around. They have turned that around, but they, they're nowhere near as strong away as, as they are at home. Uh, Dario Vidicic being in good form. Wellington's got very good attackers. Roly Bonavassi has been outstanding. I'm tipping a draw on that one. Draw? Mm. Oh, I like that. I like that. Perth Glory, Sydney FC... Arnie, he's gone from strength to strength there. Had Gus Hiddick down at training not that long ago. Alex Brox was a bit starstruck, I think, having Gus there. Uh, I like Perth Glory as well. It's over at NIB, so that's even harder for Sydney to travel over there and get the win. I think that'll be quite a physical game, but a good game. Yeah, definitely a good game, but I see Sydney winning that game. I think uh, the loss against victory, you know, when you've got a team doing well like Sydney has been and they cop a loss, then the next week they're, they're... on edge, man. They're, they're raring to go. They're firing up. This is not going to become a trend. This is just a blip on the radar. Sydney's really going to be working to, to get all three points there. They won't be happy with the draw there. And I think Perth, tough start to the season. Yeah. They lost the cup final again. Morale won't be too high there. Uh, I think Sydney will have the ascendancy there. And of course, we've already touched on it, but Cooper Stadium, 4.30 Sunday. Ticketech.com.au is where you get your tickets. Up against the Jets, give us your tip. What's it going to be? I think Adelaide United win this one. Well, give me a score. Rushit, they scores in the 15th minute and then that again would be in the nice. 65th. That would be nice. And, uh, you know, Karuska comes and uh, does his thing and 3-1 would be nice. Oh, well, and you just come back and he's conceded. Not a good start. Not a good start, <laughs> huh? Not a good start. But it is a good start because you just come back and we've got three points. It depends how you look at it. So. Perfect. Well, good luck on the weekend. I hope you get your first win. Rushit, thanks for being on the Redcast. Thanks for having me. Cheers. The Rush Hour with Jason Lilly, made in Adelaide for Adelaide. Gentlemen, welcome to Duck Club. Hello, Dale and Jazz. Uh, I'm going to nominate myself for uh, Duck Club. Is this the first time you've been in Duck Club? Um, no, it's not. It's my second consecutive week. Back to backs. Yes, my name's my name's Andrew Jarman. Juice Newton Jarman. <laughs> Can I say I did wander down late in the, in the proceedings, family, and then this was the feedback I got late. Any yes, chance Dale. of coming down for a net? Great players don't train, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> the Rush Hour with Jars and Louie. Weekdays from 4. For scraponline.com.au. They pay cash for scrap. 104.7. Classic Triple M. United taking on the Jets this Sunday at Cooper's kickoff at 4.30pm. Yeah, and the Rush Hour's most handsome guest we've ever had on. Yeah. Tarek Elrich joins us again. <laughs> Tarek, welcome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Good to see again. Yeah, just so before Jars starts on you, Tarek. Uh, yeah. look, you're down the bottom. You're winless. But the upside is you found the back of the net under your own, own gumption, which is a start, mate. We're going somewhere. Yeah, look, mate, we had a great start in Wellington, um, our best one in a long time. And, mm. yeah, then, you know, that's where our season is at the moment. Uh, one mistake and 30 seconds later, then, you know, when, when your confidence is low, uh, it's the biggest sucker punch ever. We're so. bottom on the ladder. With two points after six rounds, Tarek, we're bottom. So what has to change? Does it have to be change off-field? Does it have to be change on-field? Where's the captain? What's the coach doing? No, look, 
you talk about changes and changes. You know, we made changes on the weekend. Uh, put Marcello out and put young George Mills in. And we still lost. Oh, so, I look, collapsed when I saw that. Oh, yeah. I passed out when my boy was on the bench. What what was going on there, no, Tarek? Look, you know, that's that's football. Coaches trying things, but at the end, they um, it's it's one of those ones. Uh, oh. Athletes know when you're uh, in that hole and struggling and got your backs against the wall. Um, it's well, we've not, got to get it's out not of the an hole. easy place. And well, it's tr- not nice being in the hole, and <laughs> our supporters are in the hole with you. Yeah, but uh, we rock up to training Monday morning yeah. uh, in that hole and trying to work as hard as we can <laughs> oh, trying to get out of it, you know? Yeah, get off his back, mate. Oh, you're large enough you're to just bring down, a lot mate, of players. That's why. <laughs> hey, uh, I want to talk about the goalkeeper, Hawley, though. Oh, jeez. Threw out a comment last week, maybe a new nickname, Dirty Sheets. Oh, <laughs> that's God, nice. God knows you wouldn't know what a clean one was. Oh. <laughs> Have you been to his house? Does he uh, need a washing deal? What's he doing from the laundromat? Basically, got a washing machine. Leave him alone, mate. It's, oh. Look, he's a Where young the hell boy. Is huge. <laughs> nah, nah, he's, look, it's a it's a tough gig. Uh, it's never easy yeah. playing at the back, especially the way we play. Um, we try to use our goalkeepers a lot, yeah. and um, you know they use their feet more than any keepers in the league. So you know, look, John Hall. Uh, he'll learn from uh, a few mistakes, and mm. like us players do, you know, we've made mistakes that made his job a lot uh, harder. So. Uh, for us, uh, you can't sit there and just blame John Hort. It's uh, more a, a team effort. Yep. Tarek, have the players lost their confidence? Have they lost their arrogance? Have they lost their edge this year compared to the last two or three years where you guys just had the swagger? Yeah, I feel like at the moment, um, well, when Josep was coach, uh, I know we keep referring to when Josep was coach, mm. Um, because things were going good for us, we were winning games, scoring a lot of goals, creating a lot of chances. We did play with that arrogance. Mm. But at the moment... We just feel like every mistake we make, we get punished uh, yeah. punished and cop a goal. And, mm. um, you know, okay, people say stats don't mean much. Um, but when Josep first took over and we weren't winning many games, the stats were good. You know, we had a lot of possession, yeah, a lot of passes, yeah, yeah. a lot of this, a lot of that. A lot of people, oh. you know, arming and arming. But we yeah. come good in the end and I think it's the, the same sort of thing. And, look, it's not going to be easy. I'm no. not Sydney saying that, yeah, look, don't worry, this week and next week nah, we'll win yeah. and uh, uh, the roses will be blossoming and yeah. looking great. At the end of the day, we've got to keep working hard and mm. um, and look game by game and not look any further. Hey, uh, Cosy, Cosmina came out and said in his article this, maybe the coffee culture, the fact you've got this great new training facility but it's out of town and the abilities, you've got to drive there, then you get home, mm. you've lost that ability to connect with each other during the week and you're probably not as close. We don't spend as much time hanging out, which, as we know, and here we call it the off-air show, it's just mm. as important as what goes to air. Same with footballers. If you can hang out a bit and enjoy each other's company, is that a bit of an issue or not? Oh, look, catch up as much? To be honest, we, we probably spend more time together now. Um, we get to, to training a bit earlier. Um, yeah. We've got prehab in our own gym there, so all the boys are in there before training. Um, we got a coffee room as well, yeah. um, a room where we all hang out and have coffee and have a chat. So, look, when when you're not winning, um, yeah. everyone comes out and they say, you know, this can be, this could be the problem, this could be the problem. Nothing's changed apart, yeah. obviously, from our coach. But in saying that, we still got the same style, same philosophy, and everything else. But at the moment, it's just not working for us. Could we maybe look a little outside the box and maybe blame it on your man bag? Because how long have you been carrying that man bag around? Is It's out there with your lovely hey, wife. Don't get here. me wrong. I like it. Yeah. But I don't like it, it Could it be linked back as, you know, Maybe. Jars doesn't like any <laughs> no. flashy type no. style of thing. So is that 
Come and sort him maybe with the downtown info. Oh, look, Jazz is here barefoot. <laughs> <laughs> Not that anyone can see it, but um, I'll hey, take a photo. Shoes on. Nobody wants to get tinny. I'm just saying, maybe it's he's putting me off. Maybe yeah. <laughs> looking at him every, every week. So I'm, I'm surprised, mate. You're such a good sport. I would have told us to f off by now. See you, folks. I'm not coming in again until something nah, happens. Nah, look, Tarek, I enjoy my time here. You're one of our best players, and we love having you here. Now, what's the message to the Adelaide United fans to just get there and support the boys? We want over 10,000 fans uh, in a very important game because, as you know, it could just turn in five minutes of football. But what's the message out there to our Triple M family? No, look, uh, you know, our fans are obviously hurting and, you know, we hear it on social media, yeah. um, them giving it to us. But yep. if they're hurting, imagine how we're feeling. Mm. We're the ones that are out there. We're the ones taking the blame. We're the ones that, you know, for 90 minutes work as hard as we can yep. and all week at training in this uh, in this heat. You're trying getting to smashed. Make sure that we're doing everything we possibly yep. can to, to get a good result on the weekend and, you know, just stick by us. Uh, yep. You know, when things are great, it's, it's very easy yeah. to come to a game. I know when things aren't going so great, it's very easy to go, ah, Sunday afternoon, I'm going to stay home, have a have mm. a drink and yep. uh, swim, watch b- sit on, by the pool yeah. and watch it on Fox. But, nah. you know, there's no better place than Coop, full Coop, Cooper Stadium yeah. and... Um, Full you know, house. Hopefully, uh, our fans can get us through this uh, this game, mate. We wish you all the best of luck. Uh, we're coming down, Juice, aren't we? Yes, we we're are. Going Darl. to be there up close and personal. Maybe a substitute fest for Jars. Yeah, That'd be pretty good. Cool. And the invitation is still open to Hawley if he wants to drop off his sheets <laughs> to Jars's house. <laughs> Marion will make those things just pristine yeah. and clean. And, oh, and Hawley, Hawley, leave him alone. No, <laughs> nothing's going to get past you. He's conceded fifteen goals in three games. Get a bit of that nappy sand plus into him. Make him as stiff as Harry. Get up, son. Mate, I'm the defender. I've got a bit of blame for that too. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to see what you guys or hear what you guys are saying oh. when I'm not here. Yeah, we, and the other one, Jazz, Jazz yes, was Star. watching the other day. He goes, and openly oh. admitted, I don't know a lot about soccer, but even I could see what was going to happen next <laughs> when they passed it to one of the boys. Man up. See? Oh, look, there's a lot of experts out yeah. there at the moment. So <laughs> <laughs> everyone, see, everyone seems to have uh, have the solution except us. You know what? I tell you what, when you do win and win on Sunday, I want you to oh. win next week with Jimmy. Yeah. And everyone else who's torn a new one yeah, on look, this I show heard and it. let hey, um, By the way, I oh, heard oh, about oh. what you've been uh, oh, saying oh, to Jimmy. Oh. I listen in. Um, oh, man, I think it's about time to pick on someone your own oh, size. Oh, look, we don't have oh, anyone oh. your size in our team. But maybe if I bring three of my cousins, then maybe we can... Yeah. Match it, you know, for oh, what? Oh, yeah. Tell you what, whatever you do, don't, don't fly with him. No. <laughs> <laughs> Excess baggage. Thanks, Derek. All right. Good no luck. Worries. Thanks, Derek. Thanks, guys. Derek okay. Elridge from Adelaide United. They're taking on the Jets this Sunday. Yeah, Cooper's gosh. kickoff at 4.30. It's classic Triple M's rush hour. Hey, this is Craig Goodwin, and classic Triple M rocks the Reds.